Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you're there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Turn with me to Job, the first chapter. We're going to start at the first verse. There was, a man, there was a once a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. He was blameless. Somebody say blameless. A man of complete integrity. Somebody say complete integrity. He feared God and stayed away from evil. Tell us about he feared God and he stayed away from evil. That, that sounds like a good recipe to be blessed, isn't it? Amen. He had seven sons and three daughters. He owned 7,000 sheep. Tell somebody the man had some money. He had 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen. Not 500 oxen, 500 teams of oxen. He had 500 female donkeys. He also, now you know you had to have some, some male donkeys so you keep the population going, right? He also had many servants. He was, in fact, the richest person in that entire area. Job's sons would take turns preparing feasts in their homes and they would invite their sisters to celebrate with them. When these celebrations had ended, sometimes after several days, Job would purify his children. How I many know sometimes the parents got to pray over your crazy children? I've been a crazy child my daddy had to pray for. Come on now. Tell somebody when you're young, you're crazy. Hormones going everywhere. You, you, why you do that? I don't know. They telling the truth, they don't know. This crazy. Brain's still developing, I don't know what it is. But tell somebody, you have to pray over your children. Pray over your children. I don't care how grown they get. You never stop being a parent. You might stop, you might stop paying for their food and their lodging, but you are always a parent till you leave this earth. Amen. Joe will purify it would purify his children. He would get up early in the morning and offer a burnt offering for each of them. So my question to you parents, how often are you covering children? Are you just praying when they get on your nerves and they get in trouble? Or are you being preemptive with your worship to God for what came from your body? Amen? He would pray for, he would burn offerings for each of them. For Job said to himself, perhaps my children have sinned and have cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular practice. You're going to benefit people of God from what you practice regularly. You are a product of your habits. If you are if you, if you overweight, I don't have that problem. But if you are overweight, you are a product of your habits. At the end of the month, you got more going out than you coming in. It ain't the devil. You are a product of your habits. It's what you do regularly which determines where you're going ultimately. Amen? They said he, 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 didn't do the, he didn't do this when, oh, Lord, the kids are in trouble. Lord, let, let, let me go make a sacrifice, Lord. The word of God said he prayed and he offered sacrifice to purify his children regularly. Ask somebody, what are you doing regularly? <laughs> what do you do on the regular? What do you do habitually? What do you do that's like an involuntary action? When the pressure of life comes, when, when heat comes, what pops out of you? What do you do regularly? One day, the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord. And the accuser, somebody say the accuser. The accuser, Satan, came with them. I know the devil, old sleuth, would always hang around somewhere. He ain't here today, but he can't win. <laughs> he's bound and he's defeated. He has no lot in this matter. Tell somebody he has no lot in this matter. 
saying, the accuser came with them. Where have you come from, the Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord and said, I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. Then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed or have you considered my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. God, what a reputation that God said, look, you look like you bored, Satan. You need something to do. Have you considered trying? I've got so much confidence in my son that you can try him and he's still, at the end of the day, when the dust settles, he's still going to be my child. How much confidence does the father have in your children? I know myself, there are some things I can tell each of my children and I know what they're going to do based off the history of what they perform. When I need something found in my house but I can't find it, I don't send Gerard. I said, Lauren, because <laughs> Lauren got her mama's gifting for finding things. If I seen Gerard, I might, I might as well sent her my wife's pocketbook to go. Because he's going to look around. I didn't see it, Daddy. Because you know the nature of your children. As it is, God knows the nature of his children. He knows, and we always say, um, um, uh, we always use it as, 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 as like it's a, it's a blue ribbon or he knows how much I can bear. Well, that, that, that's true. We always use say, Lord, is, is it enough yet? No, but I want, he knows how much I can bear. So that means he can trust me with more. How much trouble can God trust you with? How much adversity? Because he said, if, 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 if he knows how much I can bear, I can bear he, that means consequently he knows how much confidence he has on me because he said, if I know you can only handle this much as I'm going to get it. So the greater the trial, the greater the adversity, the greater the issue you're going through, that is a vote of confidence from the Father. So the question is, how much confidence does the, does the Father have inside of you? And this was Satan's reply in nine, y'all. He said, Satan replied to the Lord, yes, I have considered him, but Job has a good reason to fear you. You have always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You have made him prosper in everything that he does. Why has he done that? Because he was an upright man with integrity that stayed away from evil. See, y'all, you can't separate from one. See, all these things are congruent. See, see, even the devil has to testify to the fact that you're blessed. The devil has to testify to the fact that you're protected and outside of God's his blood, he cannot, he cannot touch you and nothing that the Lord, that the devil does to you, he did, he's not stronger than God. God allowed him to do it. And Romans 8 and 28 says that all things work together. For the good in them who love the Lord, who are called according to his purpose. So if you're called according to his purpose, and if you're going through things, you need to go through it. You need to do that hardness as a good soldier because it's working forth a, a greater weight of glory inside of you. God's saying, there is something that I need you to learn. There is something going down the road that I need you to have some, some requisite strength for a child of God. And so i got to let this wind blow. I've got to let this fire come. I've got to let people turn their backs on you because I'm trying to get you to a place to get you to an expected in that I created for you from the beginning of the earth he told Jeremiah in Jeremiah 29 and 11 I know the plans I have for you so if I know the plans I also know who I know I know who to, who, whose heart to harden in your, in your presence I know who to close the door in your face I know who to turn their back on you I know I, I know God said I have the king's heart in my hand he does what I want him to do you remember when Moses said let my people go God hardened Pharaoh's heart he hardened for the purpose to get to, to set the stage where God would get ultimate glory so what am I saying stop whining in what you're going through and go through It is a vote of confidence from the Father. I only give strong and hard tasks to those I have confidence in. If God can trust you with trouble, he can trust you with his glory. He can trust you with the prosperity. If he can trust you with trouble, 
if he can trust you, that you're not going to curse him, that you're not going to turn your back on him, that you're not going to go back out and go shacking back up with, with Bobo, with, with, that, that, that when pressure gets bad, that you're not going to buy hot clothes, that you're not going to do this. My trust is in you, Lord. God wants to know, can I trust you with trouble? But, 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 but let's get back to this conversation. This is an interesting conversation. You have always put a wall of protection around him in his home and his property. You have made him prosper in everything that he does. Look how rich he is. But then the devil says this. He says, but reach out and take away everything he has. And he will surely curse you to your face. God said, all right. You may test him. Do whatever you want with everything he possesses, but do not harm him physically. So Satan left the Lord's presence. This is the last part of reading. I'm going to let you sit down. One day, this is 13. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting at the oldest brother's house, a messenger arrived at Job's home with news. Your oxen were plowing with donkeys feeding beside them when the Sabians, this is, a, this is a country, a neighboring country, raided us. They stole all of the animals and killed all the farmhands. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. My message today in the next couple of minutes is the thing that he's really after. I may not be saying it right. Whatever is on the screen, I gave him something. What he really wants. Tell somebody what he really wants. I'm not talking about God. I'm not talking about you. I'm not even talking about Job. I'm talking about what Satan really wants. You may be seated. Tell somebody we're going to talk about what he really wants. If you notice, Satan challenged God. He challenged God and said, look, the only reason that Job is so fervent, the only reason he is so filled with integrity, the only reason that he's committed the way he's committed is because you provide for him. You made him rich. You protect his houses and his property. Basically, he was saying the only reason he loves you is what you do for him. He said, but I, I, he said, I, I, I make a bet with you, God. If you, if you take away all those things, he's going to curse you to your face. And can I tell you, people of God, the devil is still making that wager. He is still challenging God every day. He said, just let me at him. Let me let people talk about him on the job. They're going to curse you to your face. Just let me, God, just let me at him. Just let me at him. I bet you as soon as the pressure gets hot, soon as the heat gets enough, they're going to turn their back. I, I, I saw them when they came to the altar. I hear them every morning when they make these faith confessions. But let me turn the heat up and I guarantee you they're going to turn and turn, tuck, tail and run. But here's the thing, people of God. When God gave Satan permission he said, touch all his possessions. But you can't touch his soul. First thing, Satan can do nothing unless God allows it. He cannot destroy you. He may touch these external things. Well, these external things we, we own, they're going to burn up one day anyway. Some trust in horses. Some trust in chariots, but I would trust in the Lord God. And he said, if you simply just let me at his stuff, he'll curse you. He'll stop all that stuff he was doing for his children. And look at the first thing he did, y'all. And this is, this, this is the thing I'm, I want to draw your attention to. The first thing he did, he caused the, the, the Sabians to come and attack his flock in his hand the people that worked his field hands now you may think that he would that they were attacking his wealth but they weren't attacking his wealth if you remember a couple verses earlier 
every day when he had an opportunity, he did it on a regular basis. What did he do, y'all? He offered burnt offerings on behalf of his children. So the very thing that the enemy is not after, he's not after your wealth. See, the most devilish people are the billionaires and the trillionaires that did evil things to get it. What Satan was attacking, yes, he attacked his livestock, but he attacked his livestock that he used to worship. And that's the thing that Satan really wants. He wants to stifle. He wants to pervert. He wants to, he wants to, to, to cease your worship. Why is it? After all, Lucifer was, the, he was the chief angel over what, y'all? Worship. All the other angels in the whole kingdom bowed down at his command. And he's got so full of himself in power. He said, I'm going to rise to be like the most high God. I'm going to set my kingdom above him all because he knew the power of worship. He said, yeah, they're worshiping God, but they don't worship God until I say so. So therefore, I got the power. And those of us that lead worship and those of us that minister, we have to be very careful when people come patting us on our back saying, you preached a good sermon. Every time somebody come and come and say, oh, that was so great. I heave it right out the door and give it up to God because I don't want to stand in a place of, of, of having a Luciferian spirit that think that God can't move unless I say something. God will use who and whatever he wants to do to accomplish. Well, he'll use the prostitute. He'll use the crackhead. He'll use the donkey to talk. He'll use anything he has to do to accomplish his goal. So don't you get so much and much think that God can't move and, and, and the sun don't rise until you get up and you sing your song and you pray your prayer. We are nothing but filthy rags who can do nothing without him. If God would remove his hand from us, we'd be walking up our 40 backwards. Dodging in and out of traffic like a lost deer. We need God for everything that we do. But the enemy, the first thing he attacked, he didn't attack his children and eventually he did that. He didn't, he didn't attach all, all, the, all the wealth. He didn't even attack his body, Sister Gwen. And he, he, he eventually did that. The first thing, the law of first mentions, the thing that, did, the thing that is mentioned first is usually the most relevant. And the first thing he attacked was Job's ability to worship on a regular basis. God. Can I tell you? Your worship is under attack. Tell somebody, your worship is under attack. I'm not talking about a slow song. Don't, 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 don't be so small-minded. But your worship is under attack. He didn't worship God by playing a pipe organ and going out there having people playing violins. He offered up a sacrifice of offering unto his children. Somebody say worship. That's the thing that he's after. Every time you worship God, and we're going to talk about it just a little bit, the other ways, other ways, other ways of worship. But every time you truly worship God, I, I believe John, John 4 and 24 say God is the spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. We got to get out of our myopic thinking to, to think that it is just about a slow song and a hand lifted. Your life is worship. Your decisions are worship. The way you treat your husband is worship. The way you raise your children is worship. The way you treat a stranger on the street is worship. Tell somebody everything is worship and the devil is after your worship the devil has a hierarchy of three things he wants to do first thing he wants to do he wants to cease your worship he wants to cease your worship he wants you to shut not only your mouth but your life up from being a living sacrifice God when the word of God says we should be a living sacrifice it is literally saying we should be living worship we should be living worship tell somebody you should be living worship 
Worship is not what I do. Worship is who I am. It is what I am. Everything I do should be a reflection of the Father. Everything I do should, should be edifying what he does and it should be tearing down the enemy. Everything is worship. Tell somebody everything is worship. So, I, so while, 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 while the physical worship and the singing of the song and the lifting of the hands, it is very powerful and it get us to, gets us to a place, we don't want to pigeonhole the, what God has called us to do. He has called us that everything we do, everything we say is worship. The next thing, if he wants, he wants us to cease our worship. And if he can't get us to cease it, that we're going to keep on doing it anyhow. You know, how many people are determined that you've gone too far, that you, you can't turn back anymore? Tell somebody, tell somebody, I'm too far gone. Can't even see the shore no more. I'm, too, I'm, I'm out of deep. I can't go back. I'd be a fool to live all this life, to go through all this, and to wait till I get to the end to act crazy. I've gone too far. I'm out too far. So he says, I know I can't get you to cease letting your life be worship. And so the next thing he wants to do, he wants to diminish your worship. He wants to mute you. He wants to mute the impact that you have. He wants to mute your life as a flavor and, and, and an essence that rises up to God. You know, anybody used to be in, used to be in band and used to play the trumpet and, and, and even what they had that cone thing they would stick in the horn, they called that a mute. That it's still, the, the trumpet is still gonna be heard, but it's muffled. It's impact when the trumpet player plays through it, it is muffled. And so you don't get the full veracity. You don't get the full level of the person playing because it's muted. And that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to mute our lives to where God can't even get a sense that we love him, we worship him, we'll serve him. So how does he mute us? He sends trouble our way. He moves through children. He moves through family, work, uh, family members. He moves through coworkers. He does everything to get us all focused. And we have to remain focused, people of God. That I am created as an instrument of worship to the Father. In Genesis, God, God was lonely. He said, let, let us make man, in, man in, in, in our image and in our likeness. And so he shaped and he formed man, breathed the breath of life into him, and then a relationship started forming. God wants to be an ultimate relationship, but we got to look at what Job was doing. He was a man that was full of integrity. He was a man that stayed away from evil. And he was a man that was in constant worship to the Lord. Integrity. Avoidance of the appearance and the smell of evil. And he stayed and he lived in the mode of worship. People of God, everything is worship. Tell somebody, everything is worship. Expand, expand your thinking that everything is worship. In the Garden of Eden, in the Garden of Eden, people of God, God created Adam and Eve. He blessed them, told them be fruitful, multiply, have dominion, subdue, all those things. But as much as he had a relationship with them, they were not yet worshiping him. You know, when, you know when worship started? He put a tree in the middle of the garden. And he told them, you can eat of any tree in the garden you want. But this tree right here, the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat of it. If you do, you're going to surely die. At that moment, God presented man an opportunity to worship him. How? Worshiped him through obedience. Your obedience, your decision making is worship and so, and so that, that, that is, we, we, are, we are as humans the most intelligent life form that is correct we are the only ones that can, that, that can be redeemed that is correct we are the only, only beings that God created that has souls that is correct but the thing that differentiates us the most from any other thing that God created is that we have free will we can make a choice to obey him or to disobey him. Tell somebody beside you, your decisions are worship. Your decisions are worship. At that point, 
it got out of where I created you and walking in the cool of the day when we have the option to not follow God. And how many know this world is obsessed with having options? You can customize your phone. You can customize your coffee. You can customize everything. You can get custom wheels. You can own your car. You can do, everything is custom, custom, custom because this world likes options. But God said, I'm going to let you have options because it's not true. It's not true love for me if, if I'm the only option. See, I'm married to my wife. I've been married 16 years. But the, the true test of my love for her is when another option comes. Another fine little tenderoni come by fluttering their eyes. No, 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 I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good, boo. I don't need no options. Because my wife is all I desire. But I had to make that choice. See, we trust each other. Ain't nobody, where you at? Where you at? I need to see on your GPS where you at. No, I could be, I could be in any number of places doing anything. So, should, so could she. But the fact of the matter is, my love is proven by the choices I make. And can I submit to you people of God? Your choices are worship. Your marriage is worship. How many married people we got in the building? Your marriage is worship. What is it? It's saying, God, I thank you, Lord, that you created this person for me. And so I'm going to treat them well because this is something that you created for me. Oh, you know, on the day when we got married, all goo-goo-eyed and I thank God for you and I'll never hurt you and I'll never leave you. It's me and you against the world, girl. Until they do the first thing to get on your nerves. Until they don't pick up and do something that you want to do. And all of a sudden, we forget about that this was not a gift. That This is not something that you got out and chose. This is something you were telling that, oh, God made her for me. He created her for me. We didn't even know each other. But when I was born, God was creating and preparing her for me. All that stuff we say. And the gift that God gave us, we abuse it. We don't serve them. We're not kind to them. Even though we know everything that hurts them, we stick it to them. Because the, I, can, I can only stab you if I'm close to you. I can only cut you if I know your vulnerabilities. But when we honor what God has created for us, it's worship. You know the people, you know the number of people that wanted to have children but could not? And God allowed you to bring something into the earth. And then you, you, you're going you're gonna to let Nickelodeon and MTV and every website raise them? When God commanded us to train up a child in the way it should go? You got to understand, woman and man of God, mother and father, that when you are showing them, when you are nudging them in the direction to love God with their whole heart, their whole might, their whole strength, you are literally worshiping God because you're saying, God, I value this gift that you gave me so much that I'm not going to let it go astray. I'm not going to let uh, Jay-Z and everybody be the preachers that speaks into their spirit. I'm going to tell them who they are. I'm going to tell them who God created them to be. I'm going to tell them that they were created for signs, wonders, and miracles and to prophesy. And when I do that, I'm worshiping him. But the devil wants us to get so frustrated. He wants us to take our hands off. Get on my nerves. I can't stand it. Probably because they act just like you. But God is saying, I need you to be a good steward over what I gave to you and your management of what I put in your hands is worship. Your job performance. Y'all remember when y'all was praying? 
turned the plate down, had a prayer chain going, telling everybody on Facebook, I, I've, got, I've, got, I've got a job interview today. I need y'all to pray for me. We turned the plate down till our mouth got white in the corners. We were doing all kinds of things, praying for God to give us that job. You crying, Lord, I thank you so much. That you, you Lord, thank you for your favor. And you get a couple years in and you let those people on those jobs infect you to all of a sudden you care about what, the, what people are saying in the management office. Honey, I'm coming in to do. I can't wait to five o'clock. I can't wait till I get in here. I, I, I'm already ready to leave and I just came in here. When you do that, you are not worshiping God because you, because here's the thing. The Christians ought to be the one that is on the time, the one that's doing the most, the one that is doing the, mo- the things that nobody asks you to do. You ought to be returning back early from lunch, not late for lunch. Why? Because your life and your performance is a reflection of the kingdom of God and that people of God is worshiped. The last thing the devil wants to do, he wants, you, he wants you to cease your worship. He wants to diminish your worship. And the last thing he wants to do, he wants to pervert your worship. He wants you to mix in some things of the world and some, 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 some things uh, that came out of your mind and some, some things that I'm just going to do it on my own and, and, and forget if somebody's hurt by it. I just got to do what I got to do and I, I'm, I'm going to do this and I don't care what my husband say. I'm not going to honor him by, 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 by keeping him including what I'm going to do. I'm going I'm to buy this dress and I'm going to hide it in the trunk and when I put it on, he said, where did it come from? Oh, I've been had this. Ain't none of y'all done that before. Oh, this old thing. Still got the tag on the thing. But when we, when we honor each other, people of God, it's worship. When we honor our brother and sister, when we give and we serve, it's worship. Tell somebody, when we give and when we serve, it's worship. It's honoring God. We said in John 3 and 16, for God so loved the world, what did he do, y'all? Yeah, we can qualify and say the only begotten son, but he loved so much he gave. He loved so much to such a degree that he gave. Now, how, how are we going to be made after his likeness and his image and we don't give? Woo! Amen? Somebody just say ouch if you can't say amen. But, but, but we, here's the thing. When we break the law of reciprocity, sowing and reaping, we understand this. If there is no money in the bank, you cannot make withdrawals. If we understand that about regular finance, we have to understand that if you sow nothing, you will get nothing. If you don't sow your time into something up, that's something that does not benefit you or your children or your auntie and them, it, 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 you have to sow outside yourself. Share your testimony. Do something for somebody. Pay a meal for somebody. Pay an extra tip for somebody. Donate and donate your time to somebody who is, who is needy. Don't, you don't have to charge for everything. Because when we charge for everything, when we stand around for the hand clap, when we stand around for the attaboy on our back, we have literally gotten our reward right there. But I want my reward stored up in heaven so I can be like Hezekiah that what I've done in the past stands up in memorial. So in the time of trouble, he will see the works that I've done. So your serving is worship. Your giving is worship. And when you break the principle, you don't qualify for the promise. Whoa, that was worth the trip. When you break the principle, you don't qualify for the promise. Some people are okay. I'll just, I'll just live on crumbs and mercy. That's fine if that's what you want to live. That's the way you want to live. But I want to get everything that God has for me. And so if God so loved the world that he sold his son into the earth realm, if we being after him and in, in, in his image and likeness, we have to continue the principle of reaping, sowing and reaping. We love the reaping part. But we don't like the sowing. I'm just about finished. After the initial attack 
on his worship was done. Things, another servant came, said, hey, a wind came and blew down your barns. Another servant said, hey, your children were happy. They were still at the feast. The whole building collapsed. Everybody's dead. Look at what Job did. In 20, he says, Joseph stood up, tore his robe in grief. He shaved his head and he fell down to the ground and he worshiped. Can I tell you this, people of God? This is going to be one of the greatest years in your life. Not because you've been so great, but it's going to be, it's going to be a great year because of your response when trouble comes. It doesn't mean it's going to be free from adversity. It doesn't mean it's going to be free from struggle. It doesn't mean it's going to be free from strife. But your response to trouble is going to determine the degree of the year that you're going to have. It's not going to be trouble free. But it can be defeat free. If you worship. Tell somebody if you worship. The last thing I want to share with you. And let's stand to our feet. I know this may not seem like much today, but it was just a simple reminder of a principle that we have to keep going forward with people of God. Here's the last thing I want to share with you. Lucifer being the chief angel over worship was the closest to the most high. Why am I saying that? He knows that worship gives you access and intimacy with God. Now keep in mind, don't define it to just lifting your hands and oh Lord, I bless you and rocking. All these things it could be that you're a great worshiper. You go God after hard. You go God after go hard after God so hard. But I want everybody to take stock of every area of your life, knowing that worship is everything. He knows that the more you worship him, the closer you get to him. The more intimacy you have with the Father. And when you're intimate, a transfer takes place. Young, young, young single people, that's why it's important that you don't be sleeping around everywhere because a transfer takes place. Old, did I say young? Old and young people. Did I, I said young, didn't I? Like, I'm going to keep it up here. Because when you are intimate, a transfer takes place. It is scientifically proven. I heard a study that when a woman and a man are intimate, literally part of their DNA stays with them. I'm not, I'm not talking about just spiritually. They're, they're spiritual, but there is, there, there is such a transfer. There is such a transfer. I'm not talking about communicable diseases. I'm not even talking about spirit. I'm talking about even on the physical, physiological level, there is a transfer that always stays with that person. And the devil knows that. And he knows that that happens through worship. Those that worship me must worship me in what? In spirit and in truth. When you serve, when you live, when you love, when you work on that job, when you give, when you do those things through the Spirit and through truth, it creates intimacy with God and there is a transfer taking place. How many of you can stand to have a transfer from God? There is no sickness in Him. There is no, there is no poverty in Him. 
There was no frustration in him. There, were, there was no cancer in him. There was no diabetes in him. There was nothing that is adverse. All those things came through sin and separation. And the devil knows that if I could keep you from being in the full cascade, in the full potency of worship in every area of your life, I can prevent you from having a transfer from God and you're never going to reach your full potential in God. You're always going to be looking for the next thing. You're going to be looking for the next job. You're going to be looking for the next marriage. You're going to be looking for the next opportunity to scratch your itch when all God wants to do is for your life to be worship. I don't know if this said anything to you today. I don't know if it prompted you to anything, but I want... If, if I did my job today, my job is to convince you to look at everything. Now, I don't want you to walk around God, like God going to zap you with some lightning. No, that stuff is under the law. God is not looking to punish you. He's looking for you to come closer. But the only way, you, only, the, the quickest way to get God to respond, the quickest way to get God to envelope and come and sup with you is through worship. Yeah, sometimes we're going to turn on slow music and we're going to lift our hands and we're going to pray in the spirit. We're going to do our, but just know that when you're on the job and you can't say no he come I'm a Shonda. your excellence in what you do your respect for what you do say God I am doing this as unto you I am loving my wife even though she's not acting lovable right now because you gave her to me I'm raising my children in the fear and the admonition of you I am treating those that are kind to me because it may be an angel unaware everything I do is worship and people of God that's what the devil is after I don't care. I don't care how sweet you can sing, and I don't care how how much melody you make float up in the atmosphere. What he wants is that your life doesn't look like worship. If we want to see God manifest in such a way, stop making sure that everything in your life, Lord, does this look like worship? Is what I'm doing? Does it look like? Is it a sweet smelling savor? Is how I'm acting? Is how I'm responding when somebody when a when a when a waitress is not acting right? How I respond? Is that smelling like worship, God? Is that does that does that does that burn your nostrils or is it sweet to it? Everything that you do is worship. I'm not telling you this to be paranoid. I want it to be just like Job, that I do it regularly. That is so much a part of me. I don't want to do anything that offends the Father because that's going to block my worship. And, and, and I don't want to play, I don't, you know, it, it, it is my pleasure. Every now and then, when, if, if, I'm, if I'm running through, if I'm coming through another town, sometimes I'll go to Greensboro and I'll get my wife a slice of Maxi B's cake. Anybody know about Maxi B's? Oh, they got some good cake. You know why? Because I like to sit back there and look at her open that thing up and eat, and eat, and eat that caramel pecan because it pleases me to please my wife. And I ain't saying y'all had to clap for me, but, I, but, but the same way I want to please my wife, I want to please the Father. God, is, what, is the way I'm dressing, is this, is, is this going to hamper my worship to you today? Is the, is the way I'm acting, is, is, is my slopeness how I'm showing up to work? Is my attitude, is, does this look like worship? Somebody look up to them and say, Lord, does this look like worship? It's what I'm doing, it's what I'm saying, it's how I'm serving, it's what I'm giving, it's what I'm sharing, it's, what I, it's how I'm living the way that I walk. Is it worship to you, God? Whenever people made a sacrifice for God, especially if he wanted, when, God wanted to, when God wanted to sacrifice himself, he would always send fire to consume. I believe the most anointed encounters that we are going to have this year is not because we necessarily brought this big offering to the altar. It's not so much that we said the right thing or we read the right verse or we got in the right emotional posture. Is that, you know what? You've been worshiping me through your actions all week. And so when you come together to physically worship, I'm not responding to the, to the slow hands and the lifting, the slow music and the lifting hands. I'm responding to what you've been doing all week.
when you could have cussed them out but you said God bless you anyhow when you could have cheated on your taxes and you could have showed up late and you could have done this God said I, all of that was the worship this is just uh, uh, the, the, uh, oh, oh I'm going to say that right this is just a moment where we're just going to have ultimate intimacy together all of it was building up to the moment I had to make sure I said it clean All of those things say, God, I love you. I love you so much that I'm going to show your handiwork through being excellent in what I do. I love my husband so much. Well, and you know what? That, you know, he is leaving stuff around, but I ain't going to nag him about it today. I'm going to love him. I'm going to bless him anyway, and I'm going to tell him the right way. I'm not going to, I'm going to build up my children instead of tearing them down. I know they do the same thing over and over. And you can say, are you, are you slow or something? What's wrong? No, we're not going to say that. We're going to build them up. We're going to call them. We're going to speak things that are not as though they are worth. God, when we exercise our faith and we say the right things and we do the right things and we do it with the right heart, your heart is an altar, man and woman of God. Your heart is an altar and the things that flow out of that heart is the altar that God wants to sit. He wants to come down and sup with you in the altar of your heart and your decisions and what you say and what you do. He said, that, my child, is what the devil is after. We found the thief, and he's after your worship. He wants to make you frustrated. He wants you to have you making bad decisions and getting hooked up with bad people and getting frustrated and, 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 and spouting off off the mouth and saying all kinds of things that is going to close off your access because he knows that the closeness of your access is created by the worship that you do. After all, he was right next to God because he was in control of worship. He understands the power of worship. And so he understands also that it's more than music. We cannot be ignorant of Satan's devices, God's people. And know that our life is worship. Can you join hands with somebody? Father God, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, that you have met us with your power and your authority through your word, God. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that this may have been heavy in concept, God, but I thank you, Lord, that the people are absorbing and they are looking and they are surveying their lives to see what areas of their lives right now are not in alignment with the way that you desire us to worship. Lord, we realize today that worship is more there's just a slow song and a lifted hand. It is something that we do. Worship is who we are. Worship is, is in the fiber of us, God. And the only way you're truly going to be worshipped is if we do it in spirit and in truth. Lord, don't let us do things that seem good to be seen of man, to get rewards, to get accolades, to get pats on the back. Lord, if nobody sees it, we'll do it anyway. If we never get credit for it, we may get more blame for it. But God, our goal is to see you glorified. So Lord, we thank you for it right now. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we declare right there today that we realize what the devil is after and we will not let him have it. We will not let him stifle, cease, or pervert the worship of our lives any longer we're going to keep focus we're going to be locked in on what it is you've called us to do for the full measure that we trust you is that we begin to look more like you respond like you respond act like you act Lord, we just want to be close to you so a transfer can happen. God, we want to be intimate with you. We want a transfer to happen, spirit to spirit. We want to be just like it was when you created Adam, that, you, that, you, that we would walk and you would talk to us and you would tell us secrets and you would let us know how much you love us and we let you know how much we love you. God, we want that intimacy back. We want it back, God. 
We want to we want to feel you like we've never felt you before. We want to pray to you and knowing that you're hearing us, God. We want to hear you. We want to hear your heart, God. We want to love what you love, God. We want to hate what you hate, God. We want to go after what you're pursuing, God. And the only way we can do it is if we worship you with our lives, God. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that this message rings in our spirits until our lives look like worship. Lord, we give you permission to put a stop in us, to yank us, to correct us when we are doing, acting, or believing something that is not in alignment with worship. Bring us back into alignment where you want us. If it takes correction, if it takes pruning, God, we give you permission to bring us in alignment so that you can be intimate with your children. So that a transfer can take place. God, we bless you. We love you. And as we're about to leave this place, that the words of this message today echoes in the chamber of our heart and our spirits to where we are disturbed unless we get into a place and a posture of worship. No matter what's going on, Job shaved his head. He bowed down and he worshiped. Lord, let our lives be in a posture that is sending a savor up to you. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And amen. If you believe the word of the Lord today, come on and clap your hand. Come on, come on, declare. Say, I will worship. Come on, declare to somebody, I will worship. Come on, come on, come on. Tell her, I will worship. I know what he's after now. He's after the thing of value. My life is worship and I'm not going to let him have it. I'm not going to let him stifle my life. I'm not going to let him stifle my worship. Oh, I thank you, Lord. Come on, if you're determined that you're going to live a life that worships him. Father, we bless you. Lord, we're going to begin to bless you with our lives and our decisions and the way we treat others and the way we give and the way we serve and what we do and how we respond. God, let our lives be worshipped. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.